know it's not just Hawaiian kids. Like I know there's more cultures around the world that are probably going to run into this. And there's more children around the world that are probably going to run into this. And so <laughs> my little project hopes to expand and bring the awareness of what indigenous kids need and what they should have access to it. First People's Fund presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference, to pass on ancestral knowledge and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture. My name is Tara Keanuenue Gumapak. And my tribal affiliation is Kanaka Maoli, or a Hawaiian, Native Hawaiian. I'm from Oahu. Currently, I live in Ian Oahu. I'm this multi-faceted artist. I have interest in jewelry making. So I hand engrave jewelry to painting and drawing and sculpting, pottery. I... I don't know if it's that I get bored quickly or I just have this huge interest in doing so many things. I'm currently a teacher. I teach at a high school and I incorporate my culture into all of the artwork that I teach. And it's not just the traditional forms of Hawaiian culture. It's also about their whole embodiment of meaning and purpose and intent in what you're doing and not just creating to create. It's There's a deeper level of connection for them. And I think our Hawaiian stories and our mo'olelo definitely inspire my work, but also my community now inspires my work. And then I'm also realizing that there's a lot of stories now that is also going to need to be told in some form or another, because we're even a part of history. We are building a traditional hale, and that's a, a traditional house, I guess you could say in, in English. And so we're planning and trying to figure out what we need to do, but you run into these obstacles. I had to go through so many channels just to get an indigenous structure, a traditional Hawaiian indigenous structure put on a Hawaii school. Like it took two years to secure a permit. The size that we wanted was a 400 square foot hale, and that was a little bit bigger. It's it's big. Like I, you know, I wanted it to be a classroom space and a learning space, but I also wanted to teach my kids and my students on how to build this. They are considered temporary structures, but when I called Department of Planning and Permitting, they're like, "Well, you need a permit." And so when we were reaching out to different schools and asking them how they did it. It was a uh, interesting conversations on the same obstacles. So we reached out to the board. We reached out to our district and state representatives and we told them, Hey, this is what we're building. And we've been having great success in neighborhood support, district and state representative support, community support, the school. We've had tons of donations for some of the things that 
we needed. A lot of those things were donated. And I think it was because this is the first, our Halle, we got the permit <laughs> two years later, but our Halle is the first traditional Halle on a Department of Education campus that is permitted. Went through this and the conversation is starting to where other schools are showing up and they want to learn how to do it. They want to learn how to put it on top of their campus. I just love everything that First Peoples Fund does. If I could like live on the mainland, I would be at like every single function I could possibly be at. Because <laughs> they're so inspirational and so forward thinking with putting indigenous people's stories first and breaking those barriers. And so to have that support and to have that sounding board to bounce off of in being able to create and feel like my journey is valued and to feel like my perspective is valued and that our stories are valued is huge. And First Peoples Fund definitely has done that for me and for many other artists. I have two beautiful children that are my inspiration for this project. And both of my children were born severely premature. They were born micropremies, both born at one pound. My daughter was born at 23 weeks gestation. And so she fit in my hands. And my son was born at 22 weeks gestation. <laughs> and I was like, come on, guys, this is not like a race. Like, can we not? <laughs> but he was also at one pound. My daughter is eight and my son is three. And we had an amazing, you know, NICU team, but we've also had a very out of the box. Uh, journey as to having a micro preemie baby. So you have regular premature babies and then you have micro preemie babies, which are the little tiny, tiny ones. And those were my children. <laughs> and now they're huge. But in this journey, premature babies will have two surgeries. That's just guaranteed. They're going to have heart surgery and they're going to have eye surgery. The second surgery is eye surgery. Now, premature babies are given oxygen right away um, to survive. And because they're given oxygen right away, what happens is the blood vessels in the eyes grow rapidly. It's called retinopathy. And so premature babies have eye surgery done. But as the result of this, because they're premature babies and because of the surgery, premature babies will most likely wear glasses or have very poor eyesight or be blind. So my daughter and a lot of this project was based off of our experience with my daughter because she's older and she is considered legally blind but as she was growing up we wanted her to learn her language but as she was getting into reading and her literacy she couldn't see it and which was expected because she was she was blind but i realized that when i was looking for text for her at the same time it was suggested to us that she learned Braille because she was visually impaired. And so in having her learn our Olalohova'i, our native language, I realized that there was no Olalohova'i books in Braille. So I 
came up with the idea to create native Hawaiian language books in Braille and providing that resource because I even through going through this and trying to put her into different schools, they also didn't have special education services for native Hawaiian children that were at the same level as a department of education school. And they still don't, it, it's very it, almost slim to none. You know, I think they're stepping forward as of right now, but I couldn't understand as to why these resources weren't provided for native Hawaiian students, for native Hawaiian children. And so I was like, well, if I can't find it, then I'm just going to have to do it myself. So <laughs> we're going to write stories about growing up in Hawaii. And it's called The Adventures of Ava and Duke. And it's just these, these two kids who are visually impaired, who are native Hawaiian and who are navigating their spaces and just experiencing everyday life in Hawaii. We wanted to hit not just Braille, but we also wanted to hit all of the senses as well. So we thought of like little scratch and sniff stickers. If Ava or Duke were like walking through and they smell mango, what does mango smell like? Or you could have a textured book as to where they could feel possibly what this shape is. We're just putting all these pieces and components together and creating these books. And with my friends and with my experiences of, with people that I know, I'm like, oh, we're going to visit all over the world. I have Maori friends. We're going to go visit Aotearoa. I have Lakota friends. We're going to go visit our Lakota friends. And so my little project hopes to expand and bring the awareness of what Indigenous kids need. And my goal as a teacher is to help you express yourself as an artist on a national scale with First Peoples Fund and an international scale with other cultures around the world is a lot of people don't know about Hawaii. And a lot of people don't know what we're about. And we're taking steps forward into doing that. So my legacy is being that bridge, then that's what I'm going to be. The Collective Spirit Podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support Indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org.